WildTalkRadio.com. Theme song. Listen up, Slapknot. This is Jeff Jarrett. Hey, this is Trish Stratus. This is the undisputed future of WWE. Seth Rollins. Hey, this is Kane from WWE. This is TNA Superstar AC3. Hey, this is Gail Kim. This is WWE Superstar Natalia. Hi, this is Bree. And this is Nikki. And we're the Battle Twins. Yes, this is Broken, not Hardy. The greatest man that ever lived always likes a good rack. And you're listening to the greatest rack. Satisfaction is guaranteed. It's time to experience the award-winning... The Rack. I heard y'all wanted to hear a bedtime story. I love kickball. I'm back, taking souls and digging holes. In this moment in time right now, this very second, I can truly say that I have the whole damn world in my hands. With your host, they've been lying to you. Heroes don't exist. Y'all become addicted to the illusion of what a hero does for you. Can I mention that I was uh, once addicted to eating sponges? Lindsay Boy. Look at me, woman. And you can just call me Taker. Oh my god, it's Taker. Taker, Taker, Taker. Does Taker hate me? Oh my god, it's Taker. And she was a wicked, wicked child who spat and swore and shoot you back. I like puppets. And her producer, Sir Rocket. My little creatures of the night will now experience the magical art of puppetry. This right here means I'm the champ that runs the camp. Live on the Wild Talk Radio Network. I knew you'd come. And this is going to be simply glorious. Welcome to The Rack right here on WildTalkRadio.com. Brought to you by friends over at Wrestling Figure Photography. Follow the journey today at Instagram.com slash MBG1211. And you're, if you're listening to us over at Gerwig.net, RackRadioShow.com, or WildTalkRadio.com, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We greatly appreciate it. I am your host, Lindsay Warren. Joining me, as always, is a, my ever-faithful producer slash co-host slash handyman, Sir Rockin. Interact with us live at Wild Talk Radio at Rack Radio Show or at Lynn's Wood on the Twitters or come to Gerwick.net, WildTalkRadio.com, and RackRadioShow.com. Yes, we're here. We're live. Football is back, even if it's the damn Patriots playing on Thursday night. Yeah, well, you know, we all got to start somewhere, and we might as well start with the Patriots in Kansas City, because football! It's back! It is back. I have one rooting interest, and then that's it for number 35 on the Patriots. Anyone else can do nothing. 35 needs to score once and forever and always for the Patriots. Well, you know, Tom Brady should probably pass 35. Or just hand the ball, though. Just hand the ball, though. Whatever, but you know, 35 and Tom Brady need to work in conjunction. Everybody else can do nothing. That's it. Uh, we don't care about anyone else. They can all, all, you know, suck for the rest of the year. But 35 has to do really well all year long. Hi, Wit. So, Hi, Wit. Um, so we have a lot to get into. We have a big announcement at some point during the show. Yes. Not doing it now, but we have a big announcement coming in the show. We do. We're probably going to be doing it in the second segment. Hint, hint, wink, wink. And just, you know, a quick hey, hi out there to all our coastal friends. Our hearts and prayers are with you. You guys sit tight. 
and just come through this storm, okay? We, we're, we've got you. We're with you in spirit. I know that doesn't mean much, but we're with you in spirit. Yeah. We're rooting for you. Yeah. Just wanted to just give the shout out to the coastal friends because they've got this nasty, they've got, they've got one bearing down on them. Then there's one behind, there's actually two behind her now because there's like Jose and then there's another tropical storm that's formed. Isn't there? Yeah, you mentioned that the, uh, last night. There was another one, yeah. And then now there's one in the Gulf. Of course there is. Um, like, what the hell, y'all? What the hell? By the way, big props to No Way Jose for putting out the No Way Jose meme for the hurricane. Well Bless done. him. Well done by him. Bless er- him. Early tweet of the week. Shout out right there. Yes. For No Way Jose. Don't get blown away. Wait, yeah, don't. don't get blown away. Don't get blown away, y'all. Just, you know, take cover, sit tight, stay safe. Don't do anything crazy. Don't go play in Storm Surge, please. Yeah. So... <laughs> Awkward transitions are awkward. Yay! Anyway, yeah, like you said, we have a lot to get into tonight. We've got an announcement, so I say we don't waste any more time. We just jump right into the news brought to you by our friends over at Gerwick.net and Fightboot.com. You should go check them out, because they're awesome. And, well, our first and top story of the week. Do we want to open with it? Should we just get it out of the way? Might as well. I thought we were done talking about this, y'all. I really did. I wanted to be done talking about this. Apparently, we're not. We just got, like, what? A seven-month break? Eight-month break? Nine-month break? Something like that? Things were ticking upward. They had a great Destination X. They had a great Slammiversary. They're all ticking upwards, building to... They have a new champion, Eli Drake. Everything was ticking upwards. Tick, tick, tick. And then, poof, everything drops. Oh, earlier this week. They hit a they hit a nail, they got a flat tire, and they swerved off the road. In case you didn't know what we were talking about, because sorry, we probably should have mentioned that, it's Impact Wrestling and, well, J- Global Force Wrestling, the conglomerate at this point, but not really the conglomerate as we came to find out. And this kind of was a can of worms that got opened, starting with one Jeff Jarrett. It was announced this past week that Jeff Jarrett was taking a leave of absence indefinitely from the company to deal with personal issues. Um, it was then released that Jeff Jarrett was pretty much his personal issues were a supposed drinking problem. There are accusations that he was wrestling drunk in Mexico. And there are seem to be some videos that back that up because he was handing out tacos. He was stumbling around. He wasn't in the ring long and it looks like he was in difficulty the entire time. So that kind of started it and it sort of spiraled. Which led to the situation of him being removed from GFW for the time being and taking an indefinite leave of absence. Uh, Sanjay Dutt, um, Scott Damore, and John Gaborik will be taking over his duties in the as the creative heads of Global Force Wrestling for the time being. Nothing really creative has to be done at this point as they are filmed through up till the pay-per-view in November. There may be a couple odd shows here and there, but the creative booking decisions have been made. So going forward from November on, if Jeff's not back, those three will be the ones in charge until they find a permanent replacement for Jeff Jarrett. Now, here's where this story gets interesting. More interesting. Because there's lots of twists and turns. It's not an Impact Wrestling story. Unless there are lots of twists and turns. It seems the deal with, between Anthem and GFW isn't signed. According to Pro, uh, PWInsider.com, that there, there, as reported earlier this year, that the Global Force Wrestling is being owned by Anthem Sports and Entertainment. Well, it appears some of the trademarks have not crossed over just yet. Global Force Wrestling LLC currently owns the Global Force Wrestling trademark, so there's some tricky stuff there. That may just be some paperwork, and whatever. And there may be agreements, and 
Anthem really does own GMW. But th- these are the facts that people have dug up. Yes, so this is all kind of speculative, but this, again, this is information that people have found. Um, there's more speculation that Anthem is potentially looking to get out because one source close to the situation has said, you know, supposedly they're hemorrhaging money and they've kind of gutted the fight network, I believe was the exact quote, to support GFW and Impact. And now the the powers that be are looking at the money and going, no, we don't want to be a part of this. And they're potentially looking on just offloading the company altogether and just cutting their losses, and that's it. And that's speculative, but, you know, that would seem like a pretty good speculation. That is being reported by SI.com. Yeah. Kansas City Chiefs with the touchdown, closing the gap in the football game. Now, back to the business at hand. So, you have this situation there, and everything SI is reporting, just doing this situation and knowing deals and everything they've put into it from before. When Impact GFW re-signed with Global, uh, with uh, Pop TV last week, we reported this. That deal is not very lucrative if there's any money coming in from the deal. So if you look at one side, Anthem, the report is they're hemorrhaging money and they're looking to get out of the wrestling business. We have other statements we'll get to. If you do that with the lack of a TV deal, piece it all together went, well, we thought we could get a better TV deal that will pay for our product here in the U.S. It's not. So now we have second thoughts of what could come, which is why they may be thinking about pulling out. They could be losing anywhere from a few hundred thousand dollars per month whenever they do tapings and not recruit recouping any of that money the only time they got money influxed in, in yeah influx a money influx into the company infused into the company is that was at the start of the year when the skies this when all the tv deals came in when the india tv this uh sony six that's what it is sony six tv deal kicked in which is why they went and did the tour and everything like that so that's when they really got in the, the big burst of money to start, which covered things, balanced some of the sheets for a while. Now the sheets are unbalanced because you're not making that money because it's a big upfront money for the year. Those are facts. Those are facts. Should we give the other facts, the other half of the story facts? Yes. Okay. To spin, spin control. This is what they like to do. All companies do this. Not just this WWE, GFW, whoever it is, any business. You like to do some spin control when it comes... When, when bad news is out, you put out some good news. It's been announced on television, and now they're confirming it here. Global Force Wrestling and Anthem Sports and Entertainment will be planning to launch the Global Force Network, Global, Global, Global Wrestling Network, a multi-platform digital service that's designed to give fans around the world instant 24 access to an extensive GFW and Impact libraries. Plans to launch the Impact Wrestling Channel on Pluto TV, a 24-hour live feed of content on the leading free over-the-top television service in the U.S. They extended the Pop TV deal and the distribution with seven sports, the sports management unit of the pro-Sibian Sat 1 group to bring impact back to screens in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland via RAN fighting. Those are what they have. The Global Wrestling Network could feature up to 3,000 hours of old content going forward. There you go. it's really funny that this dropped, and I'm sure they had intended to drop it then, this week, maybe not, but it's like right after Jeff Jarrett, they're like, hey, hey, look over here. Look at all this stuff we're doing. I will say, because I know we've talked about it before, but just, you know, taking 
taking money concerns into account, because you always do that. The development of a full network, that worries me. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say something about the Pluto thing, and then we'll move back to the network. The Pluto thing is cool, because I have the app and stuff. I've looked at it before. There's already a pro wrestling channel on there, which only shows TNA stuff. So, having them branded themselves, that might be a step in the right direction. I should say Pluto TV is hard to watch, because they just randomly cut into commercials whenever they feel like. And you can't do anything about it. But that's what makes it free. Anyway, yes, the Global Wrestling Network is a challenge for an over-the-top network, since it's beyond-demand content. 20, whenever you want. There was no talk of a live stream. There's 3,000 hours featuring household names, including Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Sting, Kurt Angle, Covenant, Jeff Jarrett, Adrian Styles, Samojo, Bobby Roode, and many more. Not one of them said anything about their current talent. Anyway. Um, <laughs> just putting it out there. So, it's one of those things where if they can get it off the ground and actually bring in money to the company, which is the hardest thing they have to do, and we've said this from day one, is make money. It could help. But the cost of this could really hurt if they don't have the right infrastructure in place. But with the Fight Network backing them and having experience in it, it could help. It could help, but let's not forget that WWE, the media mogul that it is, because it's the only basis of comparison that we have, as well as, you know, maybe MLB, who both have their own channels, their own networks, if you will, it took them years, literal years, to get all the data, to set up the infrastructure, to get it all in place, to be able to support the networks that they have. Now, granted, they will have a larger viewership than GFW will at the start, but it takes a lot of time, a lot of man hours, and a huge investment to set something like this up. And I don't know if they're going to necessarily be willing to make that investment. You know, I think there are ways, it's like, out of everything you've got going on, and this is just me sitting in the cheap seats, so my opinion's worth what you pay for it, I feel like the money that they're going to spend on that could be spent better elsewhere. But that's just me. It's like, out of everything you've got going on, out of all the ways you could make that company begin to turn a profit, a network feels like a Hail Mary. You know? It's easier than... trying to set up a touring brand or trying to find a venue where you can sell tickets. It's okay. Well, you know, we don't need to do that. We can stay right in the impact zone where we are and we'll just set up our own network and Hey, look what it's done for MLB. Look what it's done for WWE. You know, all these other things where it's like, that's an easy way for us to make money. The WWE network this year will be profitable because they made how many cuts? How many millions of dollars in cutbacks? Oh, a ton. About 50 million in cutbacks, I think. Um, WWE would still spend $100 million on content. Think about that. WWE spends $100 million in content, you know, in allocated money for the network. Think about it. Impact will not spend anywhere near it because there's not going to be a live stream. They're not going to put the pay-per-views on it, et cetera, et cetera. But the fraction of the cost, it's going to cost a few million. The startup cost for anything is huge. Now, if they're going, if they don't have to build anything and they've already have stuff in place from the Fight Network, and it just, you're taking whatever's already existing and just making its own channel type thing. Okay. You may not be, you don't have to, you don't have to pay for the cost of setting it up, but you already have the infrastructure and everything's there. May save the money. The problem is, there's no other way for the company to make money, so it's, they're in a rough situation. WWE survives with a TV, a massive TV deal. GFW Impact does not have the massive TV deal. They're, it's a hard position to be in. As great as the product is becoming, like, the storylines are getting better. 
They're simpler to follow, getting a lot better. The company aspect is still in trouble because you came in with debt, you had to pay off debt, now you're, just rec- you're back in debt. And you're incurring more because you're not you're not doing anything to make money. It's like, yeah, they have the shop TNA merch. Yeah, they bid, did a big liquidation of all their merchandise from TNA. They did a lot of things, but it's like that's not nearly enough to cover what they've got going on. And it's just, yeah, it's like, I don't know if this is a cost they really should be incurring right now. It's like, to me, finding a venue outside of Universal, one where you can charge tickets, that would probably be great. I mean, I know they're not up to touring, but even, you know, taking it out of Orlando and moving it moving it into a, an equally populous place, another large city, putting it in a venue where you can sell tickets every week, that might be something worth looking into. But this is, this is just our opinion. This is what you pay for. But it's like, to me, it's like, I think that's always been the thing with TNA. It's like, they were profitable for five minutes when they were touring. Because they were able to charge for house shows. They had fans out buying merchandise. They had all these things, so they were making money. And then it all just went to hell. Success got through their head, and the bubble just burst. Yeah, they expanded way too fast, and the bubble burst. And that's happened everywhere. Now, as far as the concept of a global force network, it's interesting to me. You cannot charge $10 a month for it, because your fan base... That currently doesn't pay for your pay-per-views. It won't pay ten dollars for content, just older content. It's going to be a hard situation. I'd pay five dollars a month for it. No lie. If I got all three thousand hours, I'd go back and watch the first, the beginnings. I'm cool with that. But anything more than five, it's it's hard to. When there's so much else out there, it's going to be hard to compete in that universe. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. So we'll have to see where this goes. And only time is going to tell on it. Yep. Like everything. So moving on, we're going to talk about the other, one of the other big stories of the week, because there are actually several big stories of the week. And we have to address this just because of the, kind of the ridiculousness of this story. So WWE announced this past week that Raw is going to air live on Christmas Day and New Year's Day. And everybody lost their minds. Rightfully so. And people in WWE got blamed. Now USA is getting blamed. I'd like to point out it's been on the schedule for months that they're working on Christmas and New Year's. I mean, it falls on a Monday. What else can you do? You can look on a calendar and go, oh, hey. And then when, when the calendar got released on the internet months ago of what wherever they're going to be, everyone knew. We knew. We, we saw it. We were like, okay, that's interesting, but that's what they have to do. It is what it is. It is what it is. It's an unfortunate thing that, you know, they have to go work Christmas Day and they have to go work New Year's and they're getting taken away for their families. And I'm sure they don't like it any more than anybody else does. But it's like, it's part of the job. That's the drawback to the job is, you you know, and they tell you that. You miss birthdays, you miss anniversaries, you miss holidays, you miss you know, big life events because you're busy traveling. You're on the road. That's what you're paid to do. I mean, nobody talks, you know, about when they have to fly out on Christmas Day to be at a show the next day. Because that's what they would be doing, too. And that's what they've done. I mean, you can read the stories. Uh, I think when Paul Bearer still had his website up, he t- would tell a story. He had a story on there about sitting in a bar on New Year's Eve after a show, drinking a bottle of Jack, waiting on The Undertaker to show up so they could celebrate New Year's together on the road at some dive bar somewhere. Instead of being with their families. It's the life of a, of a professional wrestler. 
it sucks, but that's the deal. Now, the up, you know, one of the perks that they have is they can bring their families on the road with them. Because school's out and everything like that. It's like, you know, hey, you want to bring the wife and the kids on the road? And it's, well, let's celebrate Christmas together. So, Raw is in Chicago. Okay. Mm-hmm. New Year's, so this is better for talent. New Year's is in Florida. Oh, yeah, that'll be easier. I believe it's in Tampa. Oh, yeah, so they'll all be able to get home. So, there's that. New Year's Day, so they'll... New Year's Day is not the problem. You'll be there for New Year's Eve and all that stuff. You just have to drive to Tampa or, or Orlando, wherever it, wherever it is. If Florida's is still on the on the map after the weekend, if it has a broken away and floated away, right? So that's the deal there. It sucks, but you un- gotta understand it. There's no need to go on the internet and freak out. Yeah, I mean, it's like part of you, part of. WWE's deal with USA is, you know, they are expected to deliver 52 episodes every week of Monday Night Raw. They're expected to deliver 52 episodes of SmackDown every week, live. And here's Not the- pre-taped, live. Right. The only time it's taped is when they're overseas and it's only on a six-hour delay. Yes. Or whatever it is. Here's the, di- here's the thing. And this is what everyone needs to really understand. In 2018, at the end of 2018, going into 2019, World Wrestling Entertainment is going to be negotiating with, or you should say in two, that late 2018, they'll be negotiating with USA Network and NBC Universal to extend their television deal. They cannot make waves and cancel shows or do something different. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Now, you're going to say, well, why can't they do this and they do that tape different days? They're already going to be... December, they already have the insane schedule of taping, which includes tribute to the troops somewhere. They have a lot of dates that they're working. You can't... Yeah, you can't just squeeze in two three-hour Raw somewhere. Or, or, or two, a three-hour Raw and a two-hour SmackDown somewhere. It's hard to do. Now you're going to put the guys on the road from Friday to Thursday, or Friday, you know, Thursday to the, Thursday to the, Saturday to Thursday, or Friday to Wednesday, whatever the taping schedule would be. Now you're putting more work on an already tired crew, who will be coming off a pay-per-view in that area, too. Yeah. It's a lot. It sucks. It's just the deal. You do not have... You are not required to watch Monday Night Raw on Christmas. It is not a requirement. You're not required to watch Raw on New Year's Day. It's not a requirement. It'll be there. DVR it. Watch it at your leisure. It will be there. But for WWE, they have to do it. Yeah, they're not getting a choice in this. End of story. End of story. It sucks for them, and I'm really, really, really sad for them. But, you know, they do have options. They can bring their family with them. I am have little doubt WWE is going to do something for them to brighten up the mood. And it's, it's you know, they still have, because I don't think they're running house shows that weekend. No. So I think they still have, like, that Friday and that Saturday at home with their families. So it's like you just, you can celebrate it a little bit early, or you can celebrate it a little late. Because there are plenty of people that celebrate it early and celebrate it late because there are people that are non-WWE that work Christmas. You know, you've got the NFL players. There are, what, like five NFL games that day? There's five NBA games that day. Five NBA, but there's like a bunch of football games too. There's, I think, two or three. I think there's at least two, I think, this year. Yeah. So, you know, you have other sports professionals that are working on that day. Again, that's just part of the job because that's the schedule. It sucks because it's on a holiday, but, you know, there are plenty of people that have to work holidays every year and they don't enjoy it any more than these guys do. So it's just, it's a casualty of the job. That's that's the best I can say. But at least everybody cares, which is nice. That is true. So moving on, we're going to do our final big story of the week. Okay. 
And that is Happy Trails, Lonesome Cowboy, whatever the song is. JBL, y'all, is gone. It was announced this week that he has come to terms with his departure, because I don't want to say release, that's not exactly right. Um, and he wants to concentrate on other outside projects, so he's officially left WWE at the end of his contract and is being replaced by Corey Graves. So, yeah. Corey Graves is now the um, commentator for both Raw and SmackDown. Uh, JBL announced that he will be leaving. Okay, it's not even leaving WWE. He's transitioning into a different role with the company. This is basically a way to put it. Um, he is going to be more working with his the charity that he's been working with and doing a lot more with them. Um, it, there are reports out there that he gave notice 11 months ago that he would not be resigning with the company. Um, JBL will still be involved with the company in some shape and form, going down in the future. He'll be still with them for Tribute to the Troops. Um, for WrestleMania time, he'll be doing stuff. He is still with the comp, just in a different role. Yes. Some are very happy this is a thing. Some are sad this is a thing, like some of his coworkers. But this is the role he needed to do. He's taken a lot of heat for the Mar Ronaldo situation. He's taken a lot of heat over the years for bullying and other situations. But this is what he wants to do. He, I think he got tired of being blamed for some of the things that probably weren't directed at him. But that's what it is. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, it's time for him to sort of move on. JBL was never meant to be a permanent announcer. He came in after Jerry Lawler's heart attack. And he was just sort of supporting Jerry and JR at the time to help WWE get through it. And then gradually, because of the reaction, he was brought on permanently. And I think he, his favor with the audience has gone downhill just because of, you know, the fact that he is a heel commentator. It does get a little tiresome after a while, and when the whole Morrow thing happened, that was kind of it. Right. Everybody was kind of done with him after that, so I think it's more just, look, I just want to get out of this and I want to go do something else, because I'm tired of it. Which, I can respect. Because you've got to figure it's exhausting to do every week. Because he actually flies in, I think, from Bermuda. Yeah, so that's, that'll be less travel for him. Yeah, so... Better situation all around because, hey, hey, the band's back together on SmackDown, and it was glorious. Which we'll get into here in a bit. Yes. Um, just a couple quick notes. Donovan Dijak signs with NXT, so congratulations to him. Dijak. 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 Donovan Dijak from Ring of Honor fame will be signed with WWE and is in the Performance Center. So that's cool. There's an article up on WWE.com. So who, could he be joining his uh, compatriots? No, I don't think he'll join them. I think they'll keep him aside, but you never know. You yeah. never know? You never know about that one. But um, another cool signing, more talent in the company. He's a big dude. Like, he's 270 pounds jacked. Wow. Mm-hmm. So he's a big dude. So he's a big powerhouse. So we'll see what he, he can bring. Yeah. But speaking of ROH in the indies, let's do the injury roundup. What was that? Injury roundup. Bones breaking. Backs cracking. Shoulder snap. It's this week's Injury Roundup. Is that kind of one of those I can't hear you moments? You know, I can't hear you. Injury Roundup. Is that what that? No. Okay, no. No, no. Anyway. Okay. All right. So, Brent did a little cleaning this week because he got the cleaner, Kenny Omega. Hashtag blame Brent. Uh, he had a slight meniscus tear. Uh, he had surgery yesterday. He's expected to be out two weeks. Or so, uh, he's missing some dates in Japan, 
the destruction tour. He's missing most of it, but he'll be back. Time for some big event on at the end of the tour. Smart person would be out the entire tour and taking four to six weeks off to fully heal. He's taking two and a half weeks. You gotta make that money. You gotta make that money. You really have to make that money. But yeah, that's sort of a thing. So, there's that. Now, the story Ashley on Twitter has been waiting for us to talk about. Let's get into it. We saved the best for last, Ashley, just for you. Sorry. It was announced this past week that, well, Dancing with the Stars 25 is coming up, and the cast was announced. And it features such stars as Nick Lachey, Drew Scott, and Nikki Bella. How about that? So she is temporarily retired from wrestling right now as she focuses on Dancing with the Stars. No word on if she, if and when she will be back. But she is temporarily hanging up her boots so she can do this. She, um, she hopes to be back in the ring in 2018 with her sister Brie. So it all depends on, one, Brie, and two, her neck actually healing properly. By the way, this is a shameless plug. Check out the Rack Action Total Bells now available at WildTalkRadio.com. Yes, because we're back. <laughs> we're back. The whole review of it's available now, rockradioshow.com and wildtalkradio.com. So, Wit says, low-key excited for Nikki on Dancing with the Stars. Okay, so you have Terrell Owens, you got Drew Lachey, and not Drew Lachey, he's already one. Nick Lachey, Drew Scott, Vanessa Lachey, so there's a thing there. Hey, Frankie Munez was on this list. You know, Malcolm in the middle. I well, he can be Malcolm on the dance floor. I haven't heard of Frankie Munez in, what, a decade? Well, I think he went to school and... Did all the normal teenage kid stuff? He became he he actually got into racing in some on some level formula racing. Not surprised. I was like, oh okay. So if we had to put money on it, if you had to actually put your hard-earned money and bet on a winner, who's your bet? Oh lord, honestly, probably Nick Lachey, former boy band member. He he does have some dance background, so. I mean, 98 Degrees wasn't exactly known for their dancing, but he would have had some level of training. Um, typically, typically professional wrestlers don't do well on this show. The exception to the rule is obviously Stacey Keebler. She made it to the finals, but I think she had a dance background. Yeah, she was, she had, she was a cheerleader, so. Yeah, okay, so she had the cheerleading background. Um, Nikki, I don't think, has that. She's got the athletic background, so she may do well in this. She may not. It just, it all depends on how she picks it up. How did, but, how far did Jericho go? I thought he went pretty far. Jericho went, no, Jericho was gone early. I think he went, like, third or fourth. He might have gotten halfway, because he wasn't on it long. Dancing with the stars, Chris Jericho. Let's find out. Because uh, Stacey Keebler made it all the way to the finals, and I thought I always felt she got screwed. He was eliminated in the fifth week. There you go. I too bad. It's halfway through. He made it halfway. But he was in the bottom a lot. Yeah, I guess. He beat out Petra ne- Nemekovova, something okay. like that. Sugar Lake, Ray Leonard, Wendy Williams, and Mike Catherwood were the people he outlasted. He lost to Kendrick Wilkinson, Kendrick Wilkinson, Romeo, Ralph Macchio, Chelsea Kane, Christy Alley, and Heinz Ward. Oh, I remember that season. I think that's the season Heinz Ward won. Heinz Ward did win that one. So Terrell Owens then might have a fair... Um... Football players do really, really well on this show. Believe it or not. A couple of them have gone on and won. It's like Heinz Ward won, and I think Emmett Smith won. Um, crap, who else has been on that show? But yeah, the reti- the football players do typically very well because they have that high athletic background. So they're able to... They're able to di- 
like pick it up, but also all of them are men. And in dancing, men don't necessarily have the harder part. It's always the girls that have to do the harder crap. Like, guys just have to occasionally lift. Occasionally lift. I'm serious. If you ever watch professional dancing, the girls are doing everything. And the guys are just there, swaying their hips, occasionally lifting. Apparently, her partner, Artem, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name, is really good, according to Ashley on Twitter. That's what I've heard, that she's got a really good partner. So I think she's going to do well in it because, again, she does have that background. And let's be real. She has the Bella Army. She has, she the, has the Bella Army. She has the WWE Universe. So if WWE puts their support behind her, which they've never done for anyone else who's ventured out because they've done it, you know, they've gone themselves and done things and got the Is- jobs for it. I think this was done with WWE's blessing. Yeah. Is, you know, it's one of those things where, okay. Well, I think the other two times they did it with the blessing. They just could not be an active part of the company because Dancing with the Stars is on ABC or is it on NBC? It's on ABC. Yeah. So it's on a rival station from NBC. So they can't give their formal blessing. Like they can't do it publicly. And I don't think they can advertise it because it's on a rival network. It goes up against Monday Night Raw. And it goes up against Monday Night Raw. So that's why in the past they've never thrown their support against or for it because it's just like they can't because it's kind of a contradiction. But with, with so- the added press. And social media now where you don't have to advertise it on television, but you have all these social media followers. You can put out her phone number and get her, you know, people to do things. Yeah, people to vote for her while they're watch- watching Monday Night Raw. Yeah. They don't have to watch to vote. You just need the phone number and anyone, anyone can post it out. So, good luck to Nikki. We're rooting for you. We will vote for you if I see the phone number. Yes. And they're former, she's a former guest of the show, so, you know, she's got her support one way or the other. So, it's awesome. Awesome for her. It's a big opportunity. They mentioned in the last season of Total Divas that she could get an opportunity, but it's like, it didn't seem real then. Now it really seems real and it's because it actually is, and now she's on Dancing with the Stars. And well, sorry, go ahead. Apparently, Vince McMahon tweeted support for her, so there you go. Uh, well, last time, I think it was, she was in the middle of her comeback, and she didn't want to sidetrack from her com- comeback. This time, it's, okay, she did what she wanted to do. She got proposed to at WrestleMania. She's planning her dream wedding, so now it's, she's less focused on wrestling, and now looking to outside projects and other things just going on in her life. Score update! No music, really? There we go! Kansas City takes the lead over New England with 919 left in the third quarter. Score is 20 to 17. About to be 21 to 17. Get Andy Reid's bucket. <laughs> yeah, I had to move the other sounders away so we wouldn't run into each other. Fair enough. So. But so best of luck to Nikki Bella. Best of luck to Nikki Bella, but I say on that scoring update, we 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 take a break and come back and we get into the May Young Classic. Sounds like a plan to me, so you're listening to The Rack right here on WildTalkRadio.com, and we'll be right back. Can't catch a WTR program live? Well, we've got three easy ways for you to listen whenever you want. First, listen to the Wild Talk Radio Network on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes and search for Wild Talk Radio Network and subscribe to our feed. Secondly, 
download the Stitcher Radio app and search for Wild Talk Radio Network. And finally, just visit the archive section right here at wildtalkradio.com and you can download every single episode of all your favorite programs. Best of all, it's free. Keep up to date and spread the word to your friends on how you can be part of the Wild Talk Radio Network listening experience. Every Monday night, get caught up with everything that happens on Monday Night Raw with the Raw Post Show. Suplex City, bitch! From the big returns... Maybe I have one more ass-kicking left in me. I thought to myself, maybe I have one badass spear left in me. Then I thought to myself, maybe I have one last devastating jackhammer in me. So, Brock Lesnar, not only does that mean that you're next, but most importantly, it means, Brock Lesnar, you're last! To the shocking moment. First off, thank you so much for that. Yeah, what's up, Detroit? And the moments that leave you speechless. You know, Chris, if you're going to put something on that list, why don't you start with that terrible scarf of yours? I mean, while I'm looking at you, you can add those rinky-dink tattoos on there, your tacky little haircut, your creepy mustache, and how about those trunks, Sparkle Crotch? What? Sparkle Crotch. They're sparkly, rhinestones all over the place. Sparkle Crotch. Go ahead, get it on the list, write it down. Sparkle Crotch. I'm going to say this one time. I am not Sparkle Crotch! It's the Raw Post Show, Monday nights, live on the Wild Talk Radio Network. The evolution of online sports entertainment begins again on Sunday nights when you step into the ring with Wrestle Talk Radio. Covering all the latest in the WWE, TNA, and the indie scene. Plus, providing you with the most comprehensive coverage of every WWE and TNA pay-per-view. Join Wrestle Talk Radio every Sunday night live only on the Wild Talk Radio Network. Tuesday night, step inside the virtual realm with WTR Sims. It's boots to asses time! Watch as your favorite WTR personalities battle it out to find out which one truly is the best. To be the man! You gotta beat the man! Watch it live Tuesday nights 11.30pm Eastern at twitch.tv slash show, Or on demand at youtube.com slash show. Tuesday nights will never be the same again with WTR Sims. Yes, this is Broken Not Hardy, and you are listening to The Rock Radio Show. Please tune in every day you can. I find it absolutely wonderful. 
welcome back to the rack right here on wildtalkradio.com. Brought to you by our friends over at Wrestling Figure Photography. Follow the journey today at Instagram.com slash MBG1211. And if you're listening to us over at RackRadioShow.com, Gerwick.net, or WildTalkRadio.com, thank you so much for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. If you get a quick second, check out the fine folks over at FightBoot.com because they post awesome content all the time. And, well, you should totally go check it out if you like that kind of thing. And, well, now we're going to talk about something that we like because, well, WWE has been putting this out in a series. We've been been enjoying it immensely, but now, well, the series is almost over because the finals happen next week. That's right. We are going to be talking all about the next round of the May Young Classic. The final 16. This got fun. It really, really, really did. Alright, so, getting to episode 5, because there's eight of them. Um, Abby Lath defeated Rachel Evers uh, with the same finish from the fir- from uh, Abby's first win. This is much better than Rachel's other match. Way better. She had a better showing. She had a better show showing, and yeah. So yes, we're here. We're here. Uh, we're not get blown out, blown away yet. Anyway, so yeah, every lathe got the win. Better showing for Rachel Evers. Um, there you go. Piper and Evan defeated Serena Deeb in another good match. Here's the caveat for everything we're gonna say: second round matches were better than the first round matches. Because the talent level improved. Yeah, the first round, I think it's like they looked at, like, originally they were going to only have, I think, what, 16? 16, yes. And they extended it out to bring in more girls, which I'm completely fine with, because they were able to give a spotlight to more women and extend the tournament out, because we got to see people that we've never seen before, which is really cool. Because part of this tournament is they are scouting talent for their future. So it's, they bring these girls in, they have them wrestle a bunch of matches, and then they decide, well, you know, who do we want to sign? Who do we not want to sign? Because typically they sign, like, the top four or five from these types of tournaments. But because some of them are already on the roster, that could extend out. Because, you know, like, I think Shayna Brazler's already con- under contract. I know Carrie Sane is. Carrie Sane, for sure. I don't know about Shayna yet. But, you know, she's on the radar. Yeah. Abby Lath is, for sure. Now... Uh, Piper and Serena was really good. Um, Piper is really impressive with her size, and talk about that. And that's not saying anything bad about it. We'll talk about more what she can do with her size, I believe, in the next match of her. Yes. Uh, Mercedes Martinez moved on. She fought Princessa. What's the last name? Suge. There you go. They, um, they were talking about Mercedes' left shoulder, and they were talking about how. Coming into the tournament, she was came in, she took two years off with the shoulder injury, and they were using this here, playing it up that she got it got aggravated in the Fuji in the armbar. So it was a storyline that played through the rest of the tournament, the shoulder injury, which was a nice story. Yes, good storytelling. Uh, Carrie Sane defeated Bianca Blair, Belair rather, in a good match, a really really good match. I really hate the hair thing. But I liked it in this match. Yeah, the hair thing kind of bothers me just a little bit, but it worked here. Because Carrie's so much smaller than Bianca that it worked. It works on a smaller opponent. When you're doing it on the same size opponent, it doesn't work. But when it's a small underdog, you're just like, you're beating her down with it. Yeah. Um, She kicked out of the 450. The 450 was pretty sweet. Yeah, the, the 450 was pretty... Yeah, Bianca Belair has a ton of talent, and I really hope they sign her. I think she is under contract. She's under contract? I think she's one She the, deserves to be under contract. I think she's won a couple of the NXT people in the tournament. Okay. All right. That makes sense. But yeah, Bianca Belair is kind of fabulous. 
and I need more of her, please. So that so those four moved on. Episode six featured Tony Storm defeating Lacey Evans. Good stuff. That was a good match. I I love me Tony Storm. I fell in love with Tony Storm in this tournament because she's fabulous. She's almost like the female Shawn Michaels. Yeah, it wasn't this match I fell in love with her. It was the next match where I really got behind her. Oh yeah, the one with Piper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sort yeah. of it sort of went. The more and more she just grows on you. And she grew on me in that one, for whatever reason it was. I was sitting here watching it when she has really good potential. Because she she had the familiarity with Piper that she didn't have with some of the other girls. Like, you could tell who's all worked together and who hasn't, because they pulled from a lot of the same circles. So, you know, it's like Piper and Tony Storm are very, very familiar with each other. They're each other's wrestling lives, basically. So they know how to work each other. They know how to do a good match. They know how to tell a story. And yeah, Tony and Piper just have that connection together that just made it fantastic. So, Tony Storm defeated Lacey Evans. Salt stuff all around. Then, in the crowd, we saw ba- Bailey, Charlotte, and Becky again. They were throwing up the four and the four horsewomen sign the four when Shayna came to the ring. Shayna defeated Mia Yim. I liked, I enjoyed this. It was a fun match. Again, the Shayna Baszler style of wrestling is really good. I just, the only thing I don't like about Shayna is the way that she pulls the kicks and the punches, because you can tell she's purposely holding back. I feel like if they could just clean that up even just a little bit and get teach her how to put a little force behind it without it looking weak, I feel like that that's it. That's what she needs right there. Because it's just, you know, it's, you sit, you sit there and you watch her and she's, she's punching and she's kicking, but there's no force behind it. It's just a really kind of, eh. And that's not intentional. She's trying to work safe. She's trying not to hurt anybody, which I completely respect. But it's like, they're sitting there going, oh, she's this legit badass. And she beat people up in MMA forever, forever. And she's one of the force force women. And she's the toughest woman in this tournament. And they're going on and on and on and on about her. And then you see these kind of weak punches and weak kicks. And you're like, okay, no, I know you can hit harder than that. So it just kind of sort of, it doesn't fit, you know? So I feel like if there's just a way for them to figure that out, I feel like it would be better. But I don't know if there is. And I think she was sort of saving herself a little bit, not wh- not putting the full force because she knew she had to wrestle multiple times in one night. Oh, yeah. I agree with that completely. So, so I would like to see her when she's not mul- wrestling multiple times. Yeah. So Rousey, Duke, and uh, Marina... We're all there as well, cheering on Shayna. Then Shayna was leaving, and the four horsewomen all had to stare down, one side to the other in the barricades. And then, later on, I think, I don't know if it was in this episode, it might have been the next episode where they showed it, it was the WW.com exclusive, where Rhonda basically put through down a challenge. Name the place? We'll do it. So we're going to have a four horsewomen versus four horsewomen battle. Somewhere. I'm on board for this. My gut tells me we start with Survivor Series? Probably. Leading to Charlotte versus Ronda at, at, at WrestleMania. Which, again, I am on board with this. I'm fine with this. Um, I want to say something real quick about this, because I feel like this needs to be said. And everybody is welcome to their opinion. I'm not trying to trash your opinion at all. But I saw a lot of people complaining about this and saying that they didn't care. And to each his own, I get some people don't care, but it's like, you don't care because it's the four horsewomen, WWE, it's Charlotte, Bailey, Becky, and Sasha. Fine. Whatever. There is a relevance that this brings that's super important. Because now you're putting this on a huge scale. When you're bringing in people like Ronda Rousey and her her crew. 
because there's a name value there. There's a household name value there that will get people's attention. And now suddenly it's, oh, hey, did you hear Ronda Rousey's going to WWE? Because that's what it's going to be. It's not Ronda and her crew. It's Ronda Rousey is going to WWE. She's going to wrestle in WWE now. And she's going to be wrestling these people. That brings a whole new level of star power, a whole new level of relevance to the women's revolution that hasn't previously been there before. They haven't been able to capture that household name. This is on the level of like when The Rock came back. It's that level of household name that you're bringing somebody in specifically for the girls to wrestle to help just bring more relevance and get them over. And yeah, you're going to make a crap ton of money too. I mean, we all know that's what they're doing, but it helps further the women's revolution because they're bringing somebody in for them. That's huge. Mainstream attention is always good. I like to point out the last female celebrity that they brought in was either Maria Menounos, which not bashing her, but Maria Marina Menounos or Snooki. I can't remember which one was first, but that was the last. Those were the last two female celebrities that came in. Snooki was the last one because uh, I was twenty-seven. Yeah, I think yeah, because Kelly was gone after that. Yeah. Either way, those brought attention in a whole different genre. This is more big mainstream things. And with that, Patriots are now up 24-21 after 35 scored. Fantasy points. Right. Anyway. We get us a ball game, y'all. We have us a ball game as we continue on here on the rack. Now, we were just talking about someone, weren't we? Ronda Rousey? Well, Ronda. We talked about Ronda. But who was opposite of Ronda? Charlotte, Becky, and Bailey. Charlotte. Charlotte. Right, right, Charlotte, right. The announcement! Right. So, if you've been on the socials, and you saw that I posted a book at Wild Talk Radio, the Ric Flair Charlotte book, they're the, the, written by Brian Shield. Yes, our favorite author. So, this coming WTR Pick'em, you can win a copy of that book. But wait, there's more. That said copy of book is autographed. By the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, and Charlotte Flair. Woo! Don't say we don't ever do anything for y'all. Just saying. Don't say I don't hook y'all up. Okay? And I'm really, really, really jealous, because we usually get advanced copies of the books to read. Ours aren't signed. Ours aren't signed. Aren't they? Where do we don't even have the full book. We have the unedited book. We Which have... I think is a little bit better, because we actually get, like, Brian's notes and everything in there. We got... There's no pictures, no fancy stuff. You get the fancy book, you get everything, and... All you gotta do is one pick up. Yep, that's all you gotta do. So play smart, play hard, y'all, because there's something at stake. And who knows, I may help you up somewhere else too. Yes. Just that's undecided. Yeah. Just, just saying, it's it could be a thing. Could be a thing. I'm awesome. I got hookups. Y'all benefit. No, so, no, no. Answer the question, Cheryl. No. What? Can I have a book? Yeah. No. Who is it? Who do you think? Hi, Brent. Anyway. Wait. He actually got off work. Or he's listening at work. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. He could be listening at work. Wait, but does he qualify? Because technically he's not a host. No, I mean, I just can't give him a book. Right, but does he qualify and pick him? He qualifies and pick him. Oh, you lucky duck. I don't pay him. He's he's eligible. So Take it up with the boss, y'all. Take it up with the boss. He's spoken. Who am I going to hold things back? Matt, you you can win the book. Matt, you qualify. You qualify. Everyone qualifies. The only people that don't qualify are hosts on the network. If your name, if your name's attached to a show, you don't qualify. That's it. Simple as that. We get paid in swag, Brent. 
That's what we get paid in. Anyway, moving on, he says. There's your announcement. Oh, wait, hold on. Back the train up. Part two of the announcement. Next week, the author, Brian Shields, right here. I can't wait. Should be very, very exciting. Just saying. So next week we have a guest. So expect a long show. Yes. He yes. Like, he, as in our conversation earlier between me and him, he's going to talk a while. Sorry. It's not is a, this he picking with us? Picking for what? The pay-per-view? Next week's not a pay-per-view week, is it? Is it? No. It's, no, we got another week before that. Oh, thank God. Scare me for a minute. <laughs> no. The pick is a couple weeks out, but we're having him on beforehand. So, anyway. Like you do. Like you do. So, the book comes out on the 19th. You can win a copy if you qualify and win pick on the 24th, because I'm looking at the calendar now. So, all the paperwork, Brian Shields here next week on the 14th. He's, Yay! He wants to talk a lot. We always talk a lot. Y'all. Back to the May Young Classic. Presented by Garrick Dana and Rustic Figure Photography. Follow the journey today at Instagram.com slash MBG1211. So, Dakota Kai defeated Rhea Ripley. Oh my god, I need more of this. Oh my god, I need more of this. This was so good. It was. Like, I love Dakota Kai. She is adorable. Mm-hmm. And Rhea Ripley is just fierce. She's just fierce, man. I need more Rhea Ripley, Dakota Kai in my life. Uh, Candice LeRae defeated Nicole Savoy. Go Candice. Go Candice. Johnny at ringside once again. Watching on. He's so cute. He's such a good husband. Now we move on to episode 7, where things really got interesting. Uh-huh. Mercedes Martinez and Abby Lath. Oh, this is good. Really good. Really enjoyable. In the end, Mercedes moved on. I thought she went for the alligator clutch. Mercedes countered it. Hit or finish for the win. It's called, you scout your opponent, you saw what they could do, you counter out of it, and you advance. Good stuff. And looking at the time for the next one, I went, really that was all it was? And apparently that was. Shannon Baszler defeated Candice LeRae. I need more? A lot more. Those two can go. Good stuff. I enjoyed it. I loved how, the, I loved the finish. I love the finish. This needed more time, because they felt a little rushed. I know they say, you know, you got a 20-minute time limit or whatever, but obviously they don't wrestle the full time limit. So they felt just a little, they went three, little hastened. They went three minutes. Yeah. I mean, I would really like to see an actual legit match between Shayna and Candice. Because we all know Candice can go. Candice fights men. Right. So, I love the finish. She went for Miss LeRae's wild ride. Shayna countered it. Um... And, put, and locked in her submission for a win. I th- she hooked the, the counter into a suplex and then locked in the submission. I thought it was really good. Um, Baszler refused to release the hold. Um, Which the ref did not count. Not count. Um, if he counted one, two, three, four, five, then she would it would have reversed it. But she did break the hold. Janet Gargano got involved and all that fun stuff. Shannon, there, there were what this did was build Shannon more as the heel in the tournament, which is smart, which they needed to do. I thought it was good. Same. Yes, Tumblr may have not been happy, but guess what? Tumblr has to deal. All I gotta say about that one. I I would have liked I would have liked Candace to have made it further than she did, but I think we're going to see a lot more of Candace LeRae. Just call it a hunch. They would be very, very, very foolish if they did not sign her. And at the end of the day, the goal is to get Shayna over for the long term goal of Rhonda, which we just talked about. Yeah. Um Tony Storm, Tony Storm defeated Piper Nevin. This is where I thought, okay, I see it. I see it with, with Tony Storm. I loved how both women, Piper and Tony, did some bridging stuff. You could see some of the flexibility Piper had when she was trying to do the bridge attempts. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really good. I enjoyed the hell out of this matchup. I liked how 
they were talking that Piper wasn't using her strength and her power for a while, right? Mm-hmm. And then, because they were doing those, the bend, the backbend things. And then as Tony's doing her last backbend, she just smushes her. Well, she tries. She tries. So it's like, yeah, I, I, I thought that was, I thought that was good stuff. I enjoyed this match. Enjoyed the hell of, out of it. Um, Tony Storm picked up the win via the top rope leg drop. Yeah, I mean, these two work really well together. This was another one that needed, that felt like it needed more time because they started very slowly. They did the chain wrestling. They kind of told that story to basically show that they were both equal to each other. I liked the moment where they both bridged and they were bridged over and they shook hands. That was a cute moment, again, where um, they were going for the pins and Abby, or not Abby, um, Tony sits up and kicks out her. Basically, she lifts her hips up to kick out and Piper sits on her hips. And Tony actually supported Piper's weight with her hips and her back. I mean, that was very, very, very impressive. I love that moment. And then just once they got physical with each other, because there was this, you can tell there's this camaraderie between them. They're very familiar with each other. They're very comfortable with each other. And when you get two wrestlers that are like that, you get a much better quality match. Not to say that the first time anybody fights is bad, but it's like they know what the other is capable of. So there aren't those first-time jitters, which is what we saw of a lot of in this tournament. Because, again, a lot of these people haven't wrestled each other before. They just met the day they got there, maybe. So they're all feeling each other out. For Piper and Tony, that wasn't the case. They were like, yep, nope, let's do this. And they did it. I mean, I wish that this had gotten more time because I feel like this could have easily gone 45 minutes if they'd let them, but they didn't. But this was a fantastic match. And again, Piper Niven's another one that I just adore her. Love her. Love love that she's a bigger girl. Love that she can move. Love that she's super flexible. And I like how they treated her seriously in this. She wasn't made into a joke. She wasn't laughed at. She was treated like a serious competitor, which was awesome. Carrie Sane defeated Dakota Kai. Another really good match. And Dakota actually was telling a little bit of a story because they were basically saying that, oh, she had tweaked her knee in the match with Rhea Ripley, and so she was having a hard time with it during the match, which you could see. And yeah, they told that story throughout the whole match, but it's like you had Carrie going for Dakota's legs. You had Dakota going for Carrie's elbow. There were a lot of submission holds in this. This I felt like this match was the first match that really kind of challenged Carrie Sane. Yeah, yeah. Then we go to episode eight, and I think this was the best, one of the best matches of the series. Oh yeah, Shayna Baszler, Mercedes Martinez. Oh my god, in heaven, I need more of that. Reason why it's so good, they know each other so well. Yeah, you're talking about teacher student here. That ball hit the ground. Um, yeah, it did. So, anyway, football. Brady even knows it. The, the trade-off of submissions, you really saw Shayna working hard. Really, really hard. In this one, Mercedes worked really, really hard. And Shayna picked up the win. She choked her out. Oh, and he even was past the line. They worked him. Um, I enjoyed this one <sighs> tremendously. And Shayna picked up the win. Yeah, this was really the first... One of the first matches, you could argue, in which Shayna got challenged. Yeah. Where she wasn't able to squash that threat really quickly because Mercedes was just smart enough to outsmart her every other time until when she couldn't. But yeah, this was a fantastic match. I need more of this in my life. I really think they need to benefit more from Mercedes, either if they bring her on as a trainer or coach or consultant, or, you know, even sign her as in-ring talent and use her as in-ring talent, I would be fine with that. 
Because Mercedes can work with anybody, that's very clear, based on this tournament, and she's so good at what she does. And I feel like NXT could benefit from her immensely, just to even have her down in NXT. 27-21. You had Hunter, Sarah Motto, and Stephanie McMahon come down and congratulate both women, and they gave Baszler flowers. Which was weird. Which was weird, and raised her hand. Then you had Carrie Sane and Tony Storm. So, a few weeks ago, Brent, we mentioned that you injured Carrie Sane. Here's where. Um, she does a dive yeah. and smacks her head on the steel. Yeah, and if you actually watch this match, you see where she gets the concussion, and then you see Tony Storm protect her after that. Because Tony knew something was wrong with her, because she goes for the um, double zero. Is that what her finish is called? I don't know names. but that I think it's the something zero. Sounds about right. And she goes to hit it, and instead of, basically, it's where she smacks your head up against her thigh, and then she drops you. Um, she did not smack Carrie's head. She just sort of lets, just sort of, almost laid Carrie down. She's very gentle with her. Like, she didn't do a full force impact kind of thing, because I don't think Carrie really knew where she was. So, you saw Tony Storm kind of take over the match at that point, and lead Carrie through the match. For a little while until I think she sort of regained her senses. Yeah. Enough to be able to finish. And I liked how they sold each other's moves. Oh, this God, one. that was fantastic. Yeah, everything was great. Um, Tony sold it really, really well. Carrie hit the big elbow for the win. All in all, this was a really good match. Really enjoyable. And the thing is with Tony Storm, she's 21. Oh, she's only going to get better. She's, you put her, she's the, she's, she has potential to be something if they sign her. I hope they do. So, overall, great tournament so far. Enjoyed all the stuff. Cannot wait. Live this Tuesday on the WWE Network, the finals of the May Young Classic. Carrie Sane versus Shayna Baszler. This is going to be interesting. They had the square off at the end and Shayna puts up her fist and Carrie's like, okay. She puts up her little fist. That was awesome. I wouldn't screw with Carrie Sane, man. She will take you out. She will take you out. But yeah, so I don't know who to pull for. Um, I think I think Shayna goes over. I'm thinking, but I don't I don't know because here's the thing about this entire tournament, right? They haven't had one cheap ending. All the match endings have been clean. Yeah, and I don't think they'll do a cheap ending here. I don't think they'll do a a, a messy finish. But it's just kind of one of those things where it's like you you haven't had that yet. And if you're setting up horsewomen versus horsewomen, this is a perfect time to do it. Either where one of the four horsewomen costs Shayna, or she gets distracted and Carrie's able to pick up the victory. Because aren't they considering putting the NXT title on whoever wins this? That was an idea. I don't think it's ever been announced. Okay. But here's the thing. thing. You could set up the big angle afterwards. Yeah. Because Shayna goes over, and then you have the horsewomen show up, and then you end the Mae Young Classic. With the stare down. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I think, honestly, I feel like Shayna's going over just because it's like, well, that's almost too much for Carrie to overcome. But at the same time, they've told the perfect underdog story with her time and time again. So it's like, well, could she pull it off? One more time, could she pull it off? Here's the thing. I'm okay with either one winning. Same. I'm not going to complain either way. But on that note, I say we take our final break of the evening. I agree. So when we come back, we're going to have your favorites, Tweet of the Week, WWE, NXT, Rundown, and SmackDown Throwdown. So you're listening to The Rack right here on WallTalkRadio.com, and we'll be right back. 
Creating Greatness. One episode at a time. All right, so let's all go through the beer that Rob has had to drink today. On September 9th, we surpassed some of the greatest of all time. to the 500th episode of Your Only Excuse to be home on a Saturday night. CB Radio, September 9th, midnight-ish Eastern time only on the Wild Talk Radio Network. I know I have a problem and I'm willing to accept it. This is Kang from WWE, and you're listening to The Rack on Wild Talk Radio. Welcome back to the rack right here on wildtalkradio.com. Brought to our friends over at Wrestling Figure Photography. Follow the journey today at Instagram.com slash MBG1211. And if you're listening to us over at Gerwick.net, rackradioshow.com, or wildtalkradio.com, thank you so much for listening to us. We greatly appreciate it. And if you get a quick second, check out the awesome folks over at fightboot.com because we love them and they post great stories and you should totally go read them. And well, if you missed the news and you missed the Mayan Classic, good news, you're just in time for Tweet of the Week. But first, Kansas City's now up 28-27. Now Tweet of the Week. Well, I used to be the kind of person spending time on my space until the spammers ended up taking over my place and I was so bitter. Until I found Twitter Ooh, a place where you can go ahead and write what you're feeling 140 characters or less is what you're giving My addiction starts to climb I go to refresh my timeline Cause I won't stop tweeting No more, no more It cannot wait I'm sure so, alrighty, basically all these are Johnny Gargano. Just warning everybody in advance. Oh, wait, no. No, they're not. I had, wow! I had way more than I thought I did. Okay. Who knew? Who knew? Professionalism, y'all. Professionalism. Trent Seven, I'm back home, me babies, and heading down to knock some cocks in London Town, where he's fighting at Cockknocker 2. Fight Club Pro, it's Capital Cockknocker 2, as this is a, this is Capital Cockknocker 1. Trent Seven. What and where is a wheelhouse? Honey. Okay. Riptide Wrestling. Run out of May Young Classic? 
well, then how about Candace LeRae ragdolling Tyler Bate? To which Tyler Bate replies, hate you, Candace LeRae. For those of you that didn't listen to our DragonCon podcast, how dare you? It's available now at rockradioshow.com and wildtalkradio.com. You should totally download it, because it's awesome. You'll know that Xavier Woods was at DragonCon, and he had many costumes, but one in particular was... The best way I can describe it is him running around in Black Ranger panties with the Black Ranger axe and boots. That's the best way I can describe it. But anyway, he found a guy in a Kenny Omega shirt. He had to take a picture with the guy, but of course, you know, he's holding the axe at the guy getting ready to take him out. And he tweets it at Kenny Omega, to which Kenny Omega goes, nice cosplay. Never thought I'd see someone pull off the Ripper from Last Action Hero so convincingly. Well played. Emma. Nia Jax should be thanking me for getting her a match that she doesn't deserve. This is about me. No mercy, it'll be Emma, new women's champ. To which Nia Jax replies, Did you thank Vince for that six-month vignette push you you had but never capitalized on? How much more do you deserve? Hashtag burn. Get her some ice. Johnny Gargano. Welp. Hashtag porg. And he's standing there with his porg mug next to the porg. And then he follows it up with must resist urge to buy all Porg merchandise. I think this that's out of order, but okay. Keep going. Okay. All right. There we go. I'm trying to make sure I get it in order. So, well, that lasted about seven hours. Hashtag Force Friday. And it's a picture of him with the Porg pop vinyl. And then he goes, I'm a little hesitant right now, but I'm going to be all in on Porg when The Last Jedi comes out, won't I? And Peyton Royce goes, oh, it's a Star Wars. I Googled it. Got it. Okay. Wait, they're out of order. Why are they out of order? I don't know. They're so out of order. Why? It's weird that Twitter should keep them in order. Okay, here we go. So, we're flipping the order now. There we go. So, well, hashtag poor with him and poor with him as the mug. And Peyton Royce goes, you look the same. Is that the point? And he replies, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. And she goes, LOL, that was not meant to be a compliment. I don't even know what this is. It looks like a Furby. You look like a Furby. And then she goes, oh, it's a Star Wars. I Googled it. Got it. Oh, bless him. Then he tweets Candace Array and he goes, we spent like 100 hours at a car dealership today doing paperwork. Way too much adulting. Get me to a toy store. Stat. It's followed up with him going to Toys R Us. Not even getting. You, you stole them from me. Probably stole more. Probably just did. Because I have a feeling where this is going. Did you get the the Universal Orlando conversation? Just go. I won't. I won't read it if you have it. Keep going. I'm done. No, keep going. No. Just keep going. No, I'm done. You read. <laughs> Could have kept it going. Um, I hope Marinello drops NXT references during Mayweather vs. McGregor. The fight should be called Killian Dane because it's insanity," said Jenny Gargano. Elizabeth Banks, when do we hear the second the sound of breaking glass and see Stone Cold Steve Austin striding to the ring? Hashtag Mayweather vs. McGregor. Noam Dar, Connor hitting the hitting the taunts, storing finishers, and mentally SmackDown versus Raw. Chill Hartman, good fight so far. Very confused why McGregor just hasn't shown the fella and the bro kick Mayweather. Seems to work well for the Irish. Blackheart Tommaso Ciampa, recreate the beauty that was Takeover Chicago anytime you want. Incredible graphics. Johnny's tears look like lifelike. Hashtag WWE 2K18. Tommaso! TJ Wilson responds to Natty's uh, tweet of, Hey, Natty Cats, it's meow time. Get my new shirt today at WWE Shop, and I'll get two Pauls to sign them off. TJ Wilson, pretty sure I started this cat stuff three years ago before we even had Pauls. His ego is about to get even worse, if that's possible. Samoa Joe, if in, if in the biz and upset about your PWR ranking, schedule permitting, I'll stop by and toss a brick at your head to justify your boo-boo face. Joe, how dare you. 
How dare you? Um, hey, let's all go to Universal Orlando today, said Johnny Gargano. Okay, Johnny. Payne and Royce and I will meet you there. Payne and Royce, can Candice LeRae come too? We can get ice cream. Payne and Royce, you're a wizard, Johnny. Billy Kay, can we all dress up like wizards and take pictures in front of the dragon drinking butterbeer? And then Billy Kay puts out a wizard Johnny emoji. His reply is the Michael Scott photo, the uh, uh, gif of, God, no! So there's them, scrolling upwards. Billy Kay, yeah, come on, I know you love us too. Michelle Beadle tweets, uh, I can't imagine how hard today must be for some of you to share a birthday with Beyonce. You are in my thoughts. Corey Graves, just to clear up any confusion, I'm not leaving Raw, I'm joining SmackDown Live too. Hey, Shinsuke Nakamura, get that knee ready. Shinsuke replies, Kinshasa! The following comments are now from Ethan Carter III. Obviously, there's going to be a flaming truck on the Mexican highway at 4 a.m. that is going to prevent me from making my 9 a.m. flight. Yeah, a bunch of the wrestlers were stuck in Mexico because of this. A bunch of the GFW guys. So, he continues, Only been a 22-hour day thus far. At least the driver is getting a siesta in. Pretty sure we're almost out of gas, too. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag everything is fine. At least I got a nice hot shower and some ice-cold water after the match. Nope, never mind. Still covered in a stale sweat and probably someone else's blood. A bitch parched, too. Be great if Uber, Uber Eats had a drone. Not like I had an impending sense of dread this whole time. Hashtag the secret. Hashtag positivity. Um, EC3. I would happily work every Christmas day ever for the rest of eternity to never go through this again. Taking a shot there, he was. Um... I would work every Christmas, Easter, Memorial Day, 4th of July, Hanukkah, all eight days, Flag Day, etc. for a cold shower, and an omelet right now. Doesn't doesn't need to be hot, the shower or the omelet. I've made it on the plane. If all goes according to Murphy's Law, this will be my last tweet. It was a good run, sort of. There you go. We have a late entry. We do? For Trent Seven. Okay. Happy birthday, Sammy Callahan. I love you like you will never know. Trent... You cannot adopt any more children. You have two. That's enough. You can't have a third. I'm pretty sure Tyler will be pissed at you if you do so. Just saying. I mean, I know he wants to take everyone home that he finds, but enough is enough, man. Two is enough. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's SmackDown. Showdown. Yes! 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 Ellsworth is about to come in to talk about Carmella. Gets interrupted by Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens wants to be ref. Shane comes out and says, no, you can't be ref. Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon exchange... Well, rather, Kevin Owens exchange some words with Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon makes some comments, forgets his lines for a minute, continues the story. We go on from there. And the key to the whole back and forth, which was intense... Because Kevin Owens mentioned his kids once. Mentioned, basically, your kids would have been better off. Your family, including your kids, would be better off if you had died in the helicopter crash. Okay, I'm just going to say this right now. Shane, we're all behind you. We all support you. I mean, well, I'll, I'll, I'll save my rant. Continue. No, continue. You can go. And then they brawled and pull apart and everything like that. And Shane got in a lot of trouble. We'll get to the trouble part here, man. Go. What happened to the he needed whooping rule? I thought that was a thing in wrestling. Like, that was your justification. He or she needed whooping. I mean, my God, Owens insulted Shane's family. He wished death upon him, basically. Like, just justified? Slightly? Maybe? Slightly. 
I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with everybody else. Like, I, like Brian came out later and he made this point to shame because basically Kevin Owens was backstage and he told Brian, I'm going to sue, I'm going to sue, you know, I'm going to own this company by the end, you're all screwed kind of thing because Shane assaulted him, uh, assaulted. And then Vince called and told Brian, look, you need to call Shane out to the ring and you need to, you know, basically like give him the what for. And so when Brian was out there with Shane, he's like, you know, I wanted to punch the Miz in the face so many times because he kept coming at me, but I didn't do it. We had the dad of Daniel, Dad Brian out there talking to Shane McMahon. Which is hilarious considering the fact that Brian is younger than Shane by yeah. quite a bit. The look on Daniel Bryan's face. He was so sad what he had to do. It's like, I caught a call from your father. And it was like, oh God. You could hear the pain. Like the physical pain in his voice when he's like, I got a call from your dad. It's like, oh, Brian. But yeah, I mean, what happened to the he needed whooping rule? Like, where did that go? When you're an executive, that gets thrown out. This is WWE. It doesn't matter. I mean, granted, I like the storyline. I like where they're going with it. But there, there is the very logical plot hole of he needed whooping. Especially when it comes to the McMahon family. I'm just saying. Like, a lot of people pointed this loophole out, and I'm kind of in agreement on this, that it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, because Stephanie smacks people around all the time, and she only got the comeuppance once with Brie. We're not even going to get on what Vince has done. Shane, you know, gets provoked, and he gets in a fight with Owens, and now suddenly, you know, he's being suspended. So, I like the story that they're telling, because they're obviously building to Shane versus Kevin. Inside or- Hell in a Cell. You keep calling that shot. Well, Tuesday night, live in Las Vegas for Sin City Smackdown Live. At the end of the show, it was revealed that the chairman of the board and CEO, Vince McMahon, will be in attendance to deal with Kevin Owens. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. So, I'm liking where they're going. We crowned a new number one contender, Jinder Mahal. The ending of the match was awesome. I love the RKO countered into the armbar. Arm that was pretty sweet. Yeah, that was really sweet. So, so uh, Jinder's going on to face... Jinder's going to face Shinsuke for the title of Hell in a Cell. So there you go on that one. Okay, I'm going to state this now. Do the thing with Shinsuke. Please do the thing with Shinsuke. That's all we ask. So, we mentioned Carmella at the start. She lost to um, Natty with because of Ellsworth's interference backfiring and she ripped into him gave ripped him a new one and then he comes back later in the show and is sort of begging for forgiveness and she's like i'm going to if we're going to do this we're going to do it my way and then she makes it out with him somebody's getting their kink on that's that's my only explanation for this one of the writers on smackdown especially is really 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 kinky and he gets he or she gets off on begging like humiliation and begging First she, slapped, because, first she slapped them and then kissed them. Yeah. But it's like just, just the humiliation factor and then the begging. Yeah. It, it, it happens way too much for it to not be somebody just getting their inner freak on through the WWE storylines. I'm sorry. So there was that. See, see where that goes. And then the other final big thing for SmackDown. Not the New Day in their underwear. Pimping their underwear at WWShop.com. Oh, no. And by the way. All right. Hold on. Before I get to the other thing. Next week, it's the Sin City Street Fight. Could you have come up with something lamer? I'm sure they could have. You could have put them in a ladder match or something, but a street fight? Okay. Not really. Anyway, doesn't matter. Oh, it was the kiss, then the slap. Okay. Yeah. Okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. Okay. Dolph Ziggler. What? Can we explain Dolph Ziggler's re-debut? Okay. 
because somebody actually was very kind enough to send me a message on Tumblr about this because I had put out that so is Dolph Ziggler's new gimmick, you know, basically that he's bitter or is was he just mocking the IWC in the last imitation that he did? Because he came out and he basically did different gimmick imitations, which, dude, if you're going to come for Naomi, you better be prepared to get snatchballed because she don't play, man. He did Cena, Macho Man, and Naomi. And Naomi, yeah. And she came for him. It was on Twitter. It was awesome. But anyway, and then he proceeds to complain about, you know, Flash in the Pan gimmicks and, you know, how they're all, they're no substance and yada, yada, yada. And he went on and on and on. I kind of tuned out after that. And so I find this really interesting because this person, you know, basically messaged me and said, well, you know, it could be that basically that's what he's complaining about is that there are plenty of people who have flashy interests or flashy gimmicks and they get over more than he does. And it's like, yeah, I can see that. And I can agree with that. But it's like, one, he comes off as incredibly bitter, which I'm sure that's the point. But two, he makes himself out to be a hypocrite. Why? Because Dolph has been ripping off Shawn Michaels for years or trying to rip off Shawn Michaels for years. He's had virtually no substance whatsoever. I don't, when was the last time Dolph Ziggler had substance? I was thinking about this, where he wasn't just superficial. When was the last time the Dolph Ziggler persona on television had substance? I'm thinking. Was it Miz? I guess we can go with the Miz stuff from last year, but again, that all felt really forced anyhow. Like, I'm trying to think of anything, and and the only time I can really remember for Dolph is, like, way back when he first showed up, and he was with, like, Vicky and AJ, and even then it was relatively superficial. So I just find it interesting that you have this guy out there, you know, disparaging all these surface-level gimmicks when he himself is a surface-level gimmick. That's just really interesting to me. Like, he's had moments of depth, but overall he's not a deep character, if that makes sense. Oh, makes sense. But yeah, it just, this, it's like, it resonated in that way when it's like, well, when was the last time Dolph Ziggler wasn't what you see is what you get kind of thing? When was the last time Dolph, Dolph Ziggler didn't have a flashy entrance? Wasn't trying to imitate Shawn Michaels? You know, the list goes on and on and on and on. And he's out there ranting about it, ranting against all that stuff. And it's like, uh, okay. So I'm not sure if it's intentional or not. I'm well, thinking it is, but I just don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see, but it's like, yeah, this was just sort of, eh, it was there. That's SmackDown in a nutshell. NXT, baby. It's time for this week's edition of the NXT Rundown. Sonya Deville beat Zeta. Again, I worry about her. Um, Yeah. Okay, no, I want to talk about this for a second because this pissed me off. So they keep saying Zeta has all this MMA background, right? She has this amateur background, and she trained at this really famous gym that's put out some legendary MMA fighters. You know, all this stuff, right? They're really talking up her MMA skills. But yet she gets whooped every time. It's like, I just want her to see like, see her do something legit, just like one time. Because otherwise it's like, don't bring it up because you build her up and you build her up and it's like, yeah, she should be this badass. And then she just gets whooped, which I know that's why she's there. But at the same time, it's like you could actually do something really interesting with her if you wanted to. So maybe do it. When the time is right, they will. And yeah, Sonya Deville, if Shayna Baszler comes on board, honey, you in trouble. Run. Andrade is seeing almost a fate that says Banani. Nothing special. Nothing special. We had Zelina on commentary, which we got a little bit more of her backstory. So yay, character development. 
Uh, Velveteen Dream cut out some sort of weird promo. He's back! Lars Sullivan defeated three dudes. Okay, his entrance scared the crap out of me, because I have some chick screaming in the beginning, and I was like, what the hell? Noah Jose made the save, and yeah, that didn't go go so well for him. He tried. Tried. They brawled, they got pulled apart, and yeah. Anyway, there you go. Uh, Johnny Gargano did a press conference thingy, uh, and he was interrupted by... Tito, Tino Sabatelli and Riddick Moss, and what the, you know, they talk about how he doesn't have a partner anymore, so he should get a partner. Instead, they'll, one of them will fight him next week. There okay. Uh, we had another backstage ring thing where you saw Oni Lorcan, Danny Birch, and some others training in the ring. And then Ruby Riot comes up, and she's asking Regal for a match against Billy Kay and the Pay Royce in a handicap match. Regal says he can't do that, but he gave her a tag match to so go find a partner. So we'll have a tag match coming up with those four women. Can we more talk about who was in the background Go ahead. during that conversation? Go ahead. Because I didn't realize this until you showed it to me. Mm-hmm. Jim Smallman. And who's the other dude? Oh, I forget the name. The Progress and Guys. The Progress Wrestling Guys. The the I think the owners, they're the owners, or at least they're the TV owners of Progress Wrestling, were standing behind Regal. Assessing talent. Assessing, in quotations. That was a nice little touch. It's like, oh, hey, look who y'all brought down for the taping. Because, you know, the Brits were there. Yep. And I guess it's... 3427, about to be 3527 if it stands. Why are you making him run with a bad foot? Because you have to. Go get that man a golf cart. So, so there you go. Um, Cashizono and Hideo Tommy had a good no-DQ match. This was fantastic. Uh, Cash has picked up the victory. At least it wasn't an easy victory. It's like if you're going to have Hideo lose, it should be a really well-fought match. And this was. This 100% was. Yes, it was. And then William Regal came out and brought out Asuka. The tear-jerker moment of the night. She talked about her love for NXT, her love for the fans. And it her, you know, William Regal basically talked about how she's one of the greatest champions in WWE history. And announced that they've begun negotiations for Raw and SmackDown with Raw and SmackDown for her eventual move up to the main roster, which means she is giving up the NXT Women's Championship, which we talked about a few weeks ago. And wherever she goes, she will bring NXT with her, and no one is ready for Asuka. I want her to come up on the main roster and make an utter splash. And I think that's the idea. Like, personally, I'd rather see her go to SmackDown. But I think she's going to Raw. I think she's going to Raw. Uh, you had all the girls come out. You had all the men come out. They all thanked her. You had Hunter on NXT. You had Ember Moon come down first. They hugged. Um, Ember looked more of a badass in jeans than she does in her gear. Yeah, she did. Hunter was out there. She said, he basically said, said one last time, give it up for everyone. The undefeated 523-day reign, reigning NXT Women's Champion, the Empress of Tomorrow, Asuka. This was a great moment. Because you just think of what she did for women's wrestling as a whole, just in WWE, Mm -hmm. and a relevance, again, the relevance that she brought to it with that title reign. I mean, it's like, and the fact that they let her give up the title, she did not have to lose it, so she's going up to the main roster undefeated. She's coming out of NXT undefeated. That's a huge thing. Yeah, that's what I thought they should should have done from the beginning. I I think a loss would have hurt her. No losses here. It's perfect. She goes out on top, she goes up to the main roster, and now you 
build your next star or stars in the women's division in NXT. I feel like you could benefit from a lot of the May Young pers- participants, and I think they will because they were all there over the next few weeks. But yeah, I'd I'd be looking at some of the May Young girls and be like, yeah, you need to come. Really- you need to come with me. Yeah. So solid show. Back then was good. NXT was alright, but that's all we got tonight. That's all we got. So you know what? You do your plugs. Saturday night, midnight ish, is CB Radio, episode 500. I have something planned. Lindsay knows the idea. I think it's going to be really good. I'm. I have found things to make it work. Oh, Lord. We're getting really close to it. So it's going to be CB Radio, Saturday night, midnight ish. Don't miss the start of the show. If all things go to plan, don't miss the start of the show. At CB Radio Live on Facebook, Twitter.com. Hashtag Blame Rob when a celebrity dies. Sunday night, Russell Talk Radio, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, at WTR Sunday night on Facebook and Twitter. Monday night's Raw Post Show, 11, 10 p.m. Eastern. Tuesday night, it's another edition of W. <laughs> WTR Sims, 11:15 uh, p.m. Eastern have some stuff. I haven't figured out a plan yet, but we'll have something on twitch.tv slash show for WTR Sims. Um, check out the Rack Extra Dragon Con. Now available. Check out the Rack Extra Total Bellow Season 2 Episode 1 of it now available. Season 2, season two Episode 2 will be available on Thursday. Um, we'll be back next Thursday night for another edition of Rack. 10 p.m. Eastern at Rock Radio Show on Facebook, Twitter.com, YouTube.com slash Rock Radio Show. Subscribe there. There's content there. Madden 18 content. All there. More stuff coming. As we get closer, we'll have a WW2K18 edition of the Rock Extra. Some more content there. Next week on the show, Brian Shields talk about the Charlotte and Ric Flair book. We'll give our thoughts on the book. We'll have talk wrestling with Brian Shields. Should be a lot of fun next week at Wild Talk Radio, Facebook.com slash Wild Talk Radio Network. You can follow me on Twitter at LensWard, L-A-S-W-A-R-D, and my website, PsychWardDesigns.com. If you like my artwork, if you'd like to view my artwork, it is available for your viewing pleasure at Behance.net slash LensWard, same as the Twitters. And don't forget to check out our very fine sponsors, Gerwick.net, Wrestling Figure Photography, Instagram.com slash MBG1211, and FightBooth.com. So for Rock, I'm Lindsay Ward. You've been listening to Rack right here on WildTalkRadio.com, and we will see you next week. Bye! WildTalkRadio.com.